everybody, and welcome to the Two Half Squads, the one and only podcast dedicated 100% to the greatest game in the world, Advanced Squad Leader. I'm one of your hosts, Jeff. And I'm one of your other hosts, Dave. Are you enjoying your popcorn, Dave? <laughs> yeah, can you hear me smacking on it? Smack them, smack them. We made a mistake of uh, making up a batch of popcorn. I, I felt like a little something to eat uh, to go along with our delicious black sheep ale, which is the beverage of the day. And not only black sheep ale, which is made where, Jeff? Um, Scanning frantically the bottle. Yeah. Oh, Massachusetts? Oh, no, no it's imported from Massachusetts, <laughs> through Massachusetts. <laughs> Those lucky guys? I don't know. Oh, Yorkshire. Yorkshire. Here's to our friends in yeah. the UK. Yeah. Thank you again. Crisp, dry, and bittersweet. Yes, thank you, UK people, for this. It's very good. Black sheep ale. Delicious. What else do we have? And Wexford Irish Cream Ale, which comes in the can with the um, poppy thing that puts the carbonation in there. Oh, the CO2 thing in there? Yeah, and it pours up like a Guinness, and then it slowly rises. So I had never seen this before. (laughs) What? It's a smooth, mellow creaminess that we are enjoying well. (laughs) Yeah, we are. We are enjoying it. Well, it's good to be back. We had a... That was... Very fun episode last time with uh, Dave Goldman. Yes. Thank you, Dave, again. A wealth of knowledge. And um, it was funny because we were so excited to have Dave on the show, we forgot to do our usual closing and things, so I had to close all by myself. That's okay. Uh, was that all right? Yes. All right. People know what to expect there. Uh, and this is going to, we've got a very good episode uh, today, along with our usual Oh, it's goodies. Very, we have an interview. Very good one, boys and girls. We have our first call-in interview. With, through Skype. Using Skype, Which yes. didn't work too well. <laughs> it worked very well, but it degraded. The signal degraded for some reason. And so it cut us off. I was it, wondering if that was part of the um, you know, Patriot Act. Yeah. That we were being monitored and, and cut I'm off. I'm sure the NSA is listening into our podcast. and <laughs> They're sniffing our uh, network conversations and... So I think it'll, it might be a little awkward of an interview. Jeff's going to try and put it all together for you. Well, we'll see how it turns out. But a special interview great. with Keith Dalton today. Keith Dalton from uh, Multiman Publishing. So stay with us, kids. All right. We have a special guest with us today. We're very happy to have Keith Dalton with us from Multiman Publishing. Hey, guys. I thought we weren't doing last names, Jeff. <laughs> what is the purpose of that? I don't I know. know. You're very worried about it. For... Like stalkers, wasn't it? <laughs> but Keith is safe. Hey, if somebody would like to stalk me, it'd be fine. Maybe I'd, maybe they'd like to play squad leader. That's true. Yeah. So anyway, great, it's great to have you with us, Keith. Now if we'll just let you get a word in endwise. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the whole interview will just be us interrupting you and, and making stupid jokes. Um, well, a, I'm sorry. Go ahead, it, Keith. It would be, uh, it'd be like when I was in college and I would call home saying I was out of money and needed more money. It's like the conversation you have with your dad. But wait, hold, dad, yeah. wait a minute. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, let's start off with some of the basics, Keith. Um, your own background um, in gaming. How did you get started? Well, I've always had an interest in uh, history and uh, conflict um, from an early age. I mean, I was always reading history books and looking at pictures. Uh, even before I could read, I was looking at you know history books with, with pictures in them from World War II. And, uh, my mother actually had to take away my books to get me to ride a bicycle, learn to ride a bicycle. I was so 
into it. It was, it was a very sad and pathetic childhood, really. <laughs> um, then I got into board gaming mid to late 70s. I was a very young lad, and I got uh, my first board game was Battle of the Bulge, the old Avalon Hill title, the original 65 version. Yep, wow. And uh, my best friend, Rusty, and I played that until the counters, the blue counters and red, the dark pink counters for the Germans were actually kind of pale shadows of themselves. We basically rubbed the color off. And, you know, that was a game that you couldn't realistically really win, I don't think, as the Germans, but you got to beat up on the Americans for the first three or four turns. And that was always kind of worth it. So then after that, uh, picked up... Panzer Leader, which was, of course, an extension of the Panzer Blitz system. And then after that, uh, one Christmas, I uh, got Squad Leader, the original Squad Leader, for a Christmas present for my grandmother. Oh. And the rest, they say, is history. I uh, picked up um, Cross of Iron, Crescendo of Doom, GI Anvil of Victory. And then after GI, I kind of got out of, of board gaming for a little while. I was, you know, later years of high school and I had other things to concern myself with and I was also a little frustrated with Avalon Hill because you know with the original squad leader games while they were great the rules changed with every edition and there were changes to the counters and and how things were done and when I got the GI Anvil of Victory and they started introducing things that are pretty standard in ASL now you know ELR and and half squads and all that stuff you know i was like oh they're changing again so i just kind of got a little fed up and yeah, i mean they were all good games and i enjoyed every one of them as a matter of fact uh, some of the the best scenarios that i still play on occasion are, are old um, squad leader system scenarios that have been updated for asl um, but you know i just got kind of got out of it for a while and then uh my friend rusty whom i played with you know, forever growing up, uh, got me into ASL in the early nineties, I think 92 or 93. He had just gotten married. I had just gotten married and, uh, he had started talking about what a great time he was having with the system and, uh, picked up beyond valor, red barricades, yanks, the rule book, all it in one fell swoop. And, and that was pretty much where I took off from. And I assume you own all the products. Uh, yes, I own all official products. Oh, yes. Um, <clears throat> did Can I ask your age? Sure, I'm at 39. Wow. You're 39? Yeah. That makes, that makes him, let's see, in the mid-70s, you were negative. No, wait. <laughs> <laughs> I, was born in, I was born in 1969. I'll be 40 next year, so. Oh, okay. okay. Well, how come I feel so young? Hearing, I guess I didn't get started in the um, games until post college yeah i was doing D D for a while and stuff so it slowed me down and i missed all that grog nerd kind of stuff with those early avon hill games um right I, I, you know that's one thing i was never into i was never into the role playing the D D stuff i had some friends in college who were into it i just never really got into it if it doesn't have tanks and, and hardware i'm just i'm just kind of useless with it yeah well it is a totally different i've never gotten into video games either Oh, okay, yeah. Good well, for you. It's, I've kind of gotten away from that. It's just time-consuming, and there's no social interaction, so it doesn't work for me as well anymore. Um, I must be the only gamer I know that started gaming in, not in 1970, but in 2004. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and is your age. 
Jeff. You were yeah, and I'm, I'm going to be 52 next year. Yeah, you're the oldest of all three of us, Jeff. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I'm some sort of a misfit. Well, that, don't feel bad. I turned 40 next year, and I'm not having nearly as hard a time with it as my mother is right now. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because if I'm 40, how old is she? Yeah. <laughs> um, well, I, I guess we should get into how did you get a – so you work for Multiman Publishing. Right, right. Yeah, what do you I, do there? Uh, sure. I do mostly retailer relations work. I work with the uh, retail network of, of stores who who carry our games and, and try to smooth the process there, try to keep them informed. Uh, I do basically a, a retailer email newsletter that goes out usually at least once a month, sometimes when we're busy, two or three times a month. Uh, make sure they have the latest product information, um, what's coming out and what's shipping. Um, also, uh, contact prospective new retailers. So that's a, that's a huge part of my job. And then I also do uh, some layout and, and some things like that. Uh, recently completed the uh, layout for the Blood Reef Tower Gamer's Guide. Mm-hmm. And yeah. uh, that's improving right now. And then uh, I'm also working with the crew that's working on the Code of Bushido Gung Ho reprint. <gasps> oh. What? <laughs> that is exciting. Yep, I'm uh, working on laying out the counter sheets, as a matter of fact. Okay. So they don't have, like, the old layouts or something? or? Well, yeah, let me let me get into a little bit of history that, that you know, some of the folks who have been around... Uh, might will probably know but a lot of newer players probably won't know when avalon hill sort of folded up shop in 98 and mmp got the rights to publish asl from hasbro the new owners uh we got all the old files from avalon hill but you know these modules were basically put out when desktop publishing was in its infancy you know, desktop publishing didn't really take off until like the very the early '90s. Right. Mm-hmm. So it was done the old-fashioned way: people taking you know graphic art pieces and laying them out on a piece of paper, and then they shoot the paper with a huge camera to make a film negative, and then that went to make the plate for the press. You know, just a very old technology, and they had all these film negatives stored up from the Avalon Hill days, but the problem was. You know, the archiving wasn't really that great, and basically the film degraded over time. Yeah, uh, that was one of our problems with the uh, with the map boards. Why we decided to go ahead and redo all the map board art, we were going to have to do it anyway, because the negatives, uh, the color negatives, to reprint the boards had basically decayed to the point that they were pretty much worthless. So, when we're rebuilding a, a module that's been long out of print that has never been reprinted uh, by us we're basically building it from scratch yeah that's a lot of work but that must be a huge it's got to be faster than like hand painting each counter individually <laughs> oh yeah it's 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 painstaking work uh, some of the artwork uh, the line art for the the tanks and and, and other vehicles uh, did no longer really exists. Uh, so we're having to uh, recreate images, scan in and clean up images. We had some paper uh, proofs from the, the Avalon Hill era, but really 
a lot of it is just painstaking cleaning up files with Photoshop and uh, in that I've had a great deal of help from a guy by the name of Dave Childs who uh, is is doing some layout doing some work on the Doom Battalion's reprint doing he's just a jack of all trades and he's really really been just a, a, a help with this and, and working on counter art and things like that so yeah, it's a it's an all hands on deck effort to try to get this stuff back out. How many of the uh, old modules have yet to be converted? And is there well, stuff? Is there some old stuff that you that you never will? Well, you know, we'll never reprint Paratrooper again. Uh-huh. And that, that that you know I don't like that for so well and you don't have to listen to me at all because I, I just I'm just a romantic uh, person who you know has this association with this game of my introduction to the game but I always thought it would work as a great um, transition module between the starter kits and the I guess we're calling it full ASL now um, don't you think that would be a good idea to have you know hey guys as you're going from starter kits grab paratrooper. You know, limited rules sections. You're just using the one type of unit, whatever. But well, you know that that was one way we could have gone. Uh, the way we ended up going is uh, making Beyond Valor that introductory module. Yeah. Um, you know, once you've got the three starter kits, you've pretty much got the basics of ASL down. That's true. Uh, just it's just that it's it's just adding on the Chrome. In in my in our opinion. So what we did was when we reprinted Beyond Valor, we made it a truly all-in-one module. I mean, we put 10 maps in there. We added scenarios. Um, basically, you know, we had over 20 scenarios in the module. All the maps, all the counters you need to play are in there. So, you know, you've got a whole lot of ASL in one box. Yeah, so it's even changed since I, I, was t- I suddenly realized yeah. if I'm going to go back and do this what's-in-the-box routine, I can't just go back and grab my old box from 1985, and you know, and read <laughs> yeah. off the stuff on the right. box because right. some people are going, no, it does. It's not like that at all anymore, Dave. I'm like, what? They changed Beyond Valor several times. Oh yeah, like, it's it. We're in our uh, our third edition of Beyond Valor. The second edition, of course, in, included Red Barricades plus the original Beyond Valor, and then the uh, the third edition that we're we're you know, out of stock on now, but we're working on, on building some more and getting some more out there. Um, had 10 map boards, uh, all the ones in the originals, plus a lot of the old squad leader boards, uh, one through five, board eight. You know, it's got 14 counter sheets. It's got a ton of scenarios. There are more scenarios you can download off of our website that you can play with the contents of that box. Yeah, will the paratrooper scenarios end up there maybe? Um... We haven't really made a decision on where the paratrooper scenarios are going to go, um, but we're we're I, w- I would not bet against them showing up somewhere else because yeah. there are some pretty good classic scenarios in that set. Right. Uh, Yanks we have yet to reprint. Um, that is one f- for some reason, fortunately or unfortunately, depending on your point of view. Fortunately for us, because we still have it in stock. Uh, Yanks had a huge reprint of Avalon Hill right before they went out of business. Oh, they did. Okay. So, when, yeah, yeah, they had. They, we had, we had scads of Yanks when we uh, picked up the stuff from Avalon Hill. So, um, 
we have been fortunate in that that very basic order of battle that you need for a lot of the uh, scenarios, the Americans, um, has been in stock. You know, I mean, we're going on 10 years now. We're still uh, selling Yanks that were printed in Avalon Hill's shop. So, but it is starting to get low finally, and we're starting to look towards uh, reprinting that as well. Let's see, is there anything else that we haven't reprinted? Well, West of Alamein is slated for a reprint. We're working on that. Oh, it is? Okay. Code um, of Bushido, Gung Ho. Yeah, because um, a lot of people don't play course, the desert. The, uh, you know, Hollow Legion is the Italian module. We're going to put the desert contents into that when we reprint it. Right. Uh, so that's going to be a, a bigger box. Um, and of course, with Doom Battalions, we put the last hurrah in there. Uh, paratroop paratrooper you know like i said it may end up somewhere well it could go uh, into you know, the yanks i guess too that's one possibility scenario that's one possibility because whenever we reprint these modules i mean we did it with beyond valor we added scenarios we did it with for king and country we added scenarios mm -hmm. so you know there that precedent is certainly there we're looking at what scenarios we might add to a kota bushido gung-ho layout or a uh a West of Alamein slash Hollow Legions uh, layout, a new layout for that. So, you know, it's, it's you know, there, there's a lot of rich material in those old general and annual magazines. So we'd like to see some of that get back into play. Right. Right. Absolutely. Whose idea was it uh, to come up with the starter kits, and how's that been working out? Well, it was an it was an MMP idea. I mean, we were looking for kind of a group effort. We were looking for a a way to to basically make ASL more accessible. And uh, the principals at MMP, you know, uh, Brian Yaus and and Perry Cock and uh, you know the incomparable Kurt Schilling, had been batting around the idea for a while. And uh, we started out with Starter Kit One. We had uh, a very good Friend of the pro, friend of MMP, Ken Dunn, uh, agreed to develop it out and uh, took lead on it. And you know, it, it was an experiment. It really was. We just wanted to see if it would fly. We did a limited print run to start with to see how it was received. And you know, right now it's the the best selling product MMP has ever had. We're now getting ready to enter our fourth printing with it. Excellent. That's amazing. Yeah, some people f are afraid. We'll never pull the starter kit guys on up into the, uh, um, I can't call it advanced squad leader, a full squad leader rules. <laughs> but um, let's all work on that together, everybody. That's pull, right. Pull those yeah. people and, kicking and screaming into Beyond Valor. Have you hugged a newbie today? That's, you know, it's funny you mentioned that because <laughs> yeah. Jeff thought that he was going to make an announcement. Right yeah, now. I, th I think we should make uh, November be uh, get a new player to play squad leader month. Hey, I could I can go with that. Yeah, and I think oh, everybody sh everybody should go out and try to find one person that has never played squad leader, and try to get them into the game. I think it'd be uh, good for everybody. We could yeah. we could use more players. So it's official, listeners. November, and you're running out of time. Depending on how long it takes Jeff to post this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, we could make no. Let's say it's, November through December eight. A couple no, of weeks into it, December, yeah, yeah. And then you can buy them. It's like starter kit for Christmas and stuff or Hanukkah. That's, that's why I thought it would be a good idea. Yeah. It'd make a great a great gift yeah. for somebody that decides to get into the game. I used to buy my friends for their birthdays like um, um, annuals and stuff. Here's your birthday <laughs> gift. Keep playing Squad Leader. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> 
Well, you know, you have to get starter kit one at some point simply because of the cool American nine minus one Lieutenant Dalton counter. In oh, the counter oh you know, that, that brings up a sore spot with me, Keith. <laughs> oh, no. Are you're, we going to beat this dead You're making again? me sad, Keith. <laughs> some people get a counter and some people don't. I don't have a counter, and I'm not crying. Why, you why have not been it? playing for 20 years of your <laughs> freaking life. Playing. I have done more for this game in my history. I run the PASL club. I would play this at school, but they didn't make me a counter, so I refused to do it. But I'll reconsider that. Keith, <laughs> I made you, you a guys... counter. I made you a counter. You made no, me a, a, a six plus one. <laughs> <laughs> Got to start somewhere. Well, dude. now you understand my truly demented sense of humor. <laughs> Is there any chance that I could get into Hakapale? I'm playtesting it. Will there be any German leaders in there? You don't know yet, right? Hello, that would, Keith? That would be no. <laughs> Guys, you're fading out again. Oh, oh no. All right. There must be a storm moving Say what, through. Let me try to call you guys, okay? Okay. Okay. Sounds good. Okay. Hey, let's try it this way. Let's do the reverse and see if we have a better better chance with it. Okay. Uh, better luck. But uh, you guys were saying. Um, so, yeah, I was saying, uh, so there's no chance of me being a counter at this point in time. I, hey, I, I didn't say that. I didn't say that, you know. I'm hoping but for your last name. It is Klein. Yeah. It is Klein. It is good. But maybe make sure you get the M in there, though, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah. We've got that covered. <laughs> yeah, we'll get right on that. Okay? You, you shouldn't harass Keith about this. I'm sure yes, he gets. I should. He, I'm sure he gets asked this oh, every day, all day yeah, long. Sure. All the parties oh, he goes oh, to. Can hey, can you make me a <laughs> <laughs> Oh God! I was going to pretend like I had cancer or something and tell you that it was like you know life and death issue, but that would not be cool. No. Um, so. so <laughs> Um, let's see. So I think, oh, how did you get then hired at MMP? Well, I got back into ASL. I, I dropped out of ASL for a couple of years uh, after the birth of my son in 1999. Uh, a good reason. Yes, I was a bit busy. And then we moved when he was four months old uh, to where we live now. But we were in an apartment at first and we had no room to do anything like that so my stuff basically sat in a box inside a storage closet for a year so then uh, cut to you know mid 2000 we bought our bought our house here and uh, suddenly I had room so I started cracking open the stuff at that point I'd collected everything up to I had not collected uh, Kota Bushido gung-ho and all the stuff after it yet so I started, um, you know, pulling out the, the counters and, and playing through some scenarios solo. And uh, by that time, you know, I had, had not known that Avalon Hill had, had dropped off the, the map. And I was talking to my fabled friend, Rusty. You know, he and I are still best friends. We grew up together. And, and as a matter of fact, we still play Vassal together um, from time to time when he and I can both get time. And he said, you know, well, there's a new crew working on it and, uh, you know, pointing me to the MMP website. Well, first of all, let me just say, between the time that I found out Avalon Hill had died and the time that he told me that ASL was still being produced was like a panic time for me because I didn't have all the stuff. I knew <laughs> I wanted to get, you know, I was like, 
what's going to happen? I don't have all the stuff. And, you know, eBay wasn't really popular yet. Right. So, you know, I, I couldn't I re- pay exorbitant prices to get it yet. I definitely remember um, that. And I remember so, my... you know, it was, really a, it was really a panic time for me because I really loved the game. You know, it was just sort of part of my, my DNA at that point. So, you know, I, I just resolved that, you know, once I got, uh, once I found MMP and the old ASL mailing list, I said, you know, I want to make sure this, this game continues because it's a really great game. It's a great hobby. Um, you know, I've met so many friends playing ASL at this point at tournaments and stuff. And um, I just, you know, I emailed uh, the MMP guys and said, hey, what can I do to help? And we sort of took off from there. Wow. And what, what kind of work do you do full-time when you're not doing MMP? Full-time, um, I work for the Department of Education in my state, doing substance abuse prevention work in high schools and, and middle schools. Oh. Well, but you shouldn't tell but, you we're drinking beer right now, then. <laughs> you're, you're adults. You're out of my age group. <laughs> and we're out of your jurisdiction. Thank yeah. goodness. Ha, come and get us. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yada, yada, so, yeah. warden. <laughs> yeah, you're out of my age group, so you're already dead yeah. to me. So, yeah, it's okay. <laughs> dead to me. Uh, but I've done a little bit of everything. My, like I said, my, my undergraduate degree uh, is English with a concentration in journalism, and I have a master's degree in journalism. And I have been doing public relations work, both in the public health and private sector, since about 1996. So, you know, I've, I've got a pretty wide range of experience with public relations, marketing, that sort of thing. So that's where I offered my services. I thought I could help with that. And uh, the guys took me up on it. Uh, and I just want to say, you know, the guys at MMP, I mean, I know people get frustrated with the pace sometimes, but these guys, you know, they, they have day jobs uh, they're working flat out. Um, yeah, I, I can't tell you the number of times that Brian Yaus and I have traded emails at like two o'clock in the morning over something. Hmm. So uh, no one is so, a full. No one's really full time with MMP. Uh, well, we have a full t- one full time employee on the office staff and some part timers on the yeah. office staff that that do the the filling of the orders and the, the all that type of stuff. So. Um, Really, the the guys, the the driving force, the the owners, Perry and Brian and Kurt. I mean, well, of course, you know what Kurt does. He you know throws you know projectiles at high rates of speed for a living, and um, you know Perry uh, works with uh, with the federal government, and Brian works with a computer firm. So, yeah. Know. Some for some reason, I guess I thought at least like a few of them were full time. Maybe even that you were full time. Um, no, no, I just I just have no life. Yeah, it, it must seem like you're <laughs> like you've got two full time jobs. I can just imagine how much time what you do for MMP must take up. Yeah, I mean, th- those guys are just you know we've got a whole bunch of other people who who work with MMP and develop. You know, I mentioned Dave Childs, uh, who has come in and uh, he did the the chapter F uh, initial chapter F layout and for the, the desert stuff and the chapter G layout for the Pacific Theater did the whole thing. Um, he's helped me with, with counters and counter sheets and uh, he's actually willing me to finish a couple of counter sheets so we can finish the chapter H for um, 
chapter 8, you know, it's for Kota Bushido Gung-Ho. And, you know, we've got uh, Chaz Argent, who is just, uh, has been our, our dynamo of uh, development on the action packs. Uh, you know, he's the one that got action pack four out in such a timely manner once, once we got him on the case. And then uh, he is finishing up work right now on action pack five. Oh, what is, hope... what is that going to be themed? Is that Eastern Front, yeah, I think, or is that right? E yeah, it's going to be Eastern Front. Um, and I got to play test one or two of the scenarios at Winter Offensive last January, and it's it's got some good scenarios in it. Three good map boards. We're going to add three more maps to the system. And uh, he's just been sort of a real dynamo and, and takes on a variety of other projects. Um, Derek Spurlock, who is also doing layout work on, on ASL, um, and I'm sure I'm probably forgetting, forgetting at least two or three other people, but there's a lot of people uh, who are giving a lot of love and effort and you know they're not getting paid the big bucks for it but they they love this hobby uh, they love the game and they they want to see it prosper yeah and that's I mean, you know it's a, I guess even what we're doing here um, is well we have obviously fun doing this but if we didn't love this game and and again with my my club it, it, I bring in a, a good number of people so it's trying to help it grow <clears throat> right. I mean, you know, you wouldn't spend so much time doing something you hate, you know? Yeah. So no, definitely not. And and all of these, uh, pretty much all of these people are separated by some distance, aren't they? So you do a, you do an awful lot of this just through email and phone calls and the like, isn't that right? Yeah. Do you, but, do you guys but, ever get together for staff meetings? <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's called Winter Offensive every day. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's about it. Um, yeah, I the core group, you know, Brian Perry and the guys live in uh, live in the Maryland, Northern Virginia area, you know, around DC, which is of course where Avalon Hill was a Baltimore based company. So that's right. kinda like the the heartland of ASL, if you will. Um, you know, Dave Childs lives out in the uh, southwest. Uh, I live in uh, West Virginia, which is about five and a half hour drive from where I live to uh, the D.C. area. So, I mean, we do have some geographical challenges, but, you know, the Internet and, you know, emails and FTP, FTP servers, you know, they really help us out a lot. Oh, yeah. We do a lot of our stuff yeah. uh, online. They also make you, well, people assume that you're more accessible, and I know you... I see you uh, uh, on the um, Game Squad forums quite a bit. That must, that alone must take up a lot of your time. Do you just sort of read through stuff and respond to things on on that forum, or do you wait for people to write to you, or some of both? Well, it it you have to find a balance. Yeah. I mean, if it's you know when a customer you know asks a question that I feel I can answer or we can get an answer to, we of course answer it. Um, you know, some people have some criticism, some constructive, some not so constructive, but, you know, I answer that as well. Um, you know, like I said, I'm pretty passionate about these guys working at MMP. I'm pretty passionate about uh, the, the dedication and the effort that they put into it, and I really, really uh, feel like that part of my job is to, you know, really make sure that everybody understands exactly what a what a process this is 
especially you know, I mean, you know, we had to build 52 maps from scratch. You know, we had to pay an artist to draw 50, the the 52 maps that were in the system from scratch, and then we had to proof them all. So you know, that's why the map set has sort of taken a while, especially after we had the slight mistake on the board that we put in, the, one of the boards we put in with Action Pack 3, we really wanted to make sure we got it right and make sure everything was, you know, and there were some variations from the original artwork. I mean, we we didn't get it exactly, you know, stroke for stroke and, and pixel for pixel like the old boards. Yeah. But, you know, we wanted to, we don't want to move a hedge three hexes over or a stone wall three hexes over, you know, something like that. And we we just basically after that happened we just slowed down the process and and it's it's laborious I mean it's it is absolutely laborious to go through that stuff so yeah I'm on I'm on Game Squad a lot I I read Game Squad every day I don't always answer stuff every day because because some of it you know you may have already answered three times before yeah and yeah you know, at some point it becomes you know you know I could just put in you know stock answer number one you know <laughs> something like that that's like uh, teaching junior high kids like i do <laughs> that. yeah I, I work with middle school and high schoolers yeah. too so i <laughs> yes. i i have sympathy <laughs> is anyone listening to me <clears throat> i guess i can relate as a computer consultant yeah. I, I have to it's like teaching kindergarten every day oh yeah because they just don't yeah i hope none of my clients are listening <laughs> <laughs> well i mean and, and the thing about Game Squad is, I know things get a little rancorous over there from time to time. But they do. these guys, yeah. they, these guys are passionate too. Yeah, they love the game, and I would much rather see passionate customers interested in what's going on yeah. than a bunch of guys who really don't care because it's, then something's not. We're not doing something right. It's got to be. Uh, it's got to be the most active war game. Wouldn't you say? Would Would you say that Advanced Squad Leader is the most active war game my, out of all the ones that are out there? My boxes don't move at all. What are you talking about? <laughs> I set my counters on the table and they didn't jump at all. Yeah, they're just sitting there. Uh, you... I I think we have one of the most, if not the most, active game war gaming community around yeah. of board games. Uh, you know, and and that's not to slide any other system or, no. or game. But we just, you know, some people have said ASL is more like a, a, a lifestyle, not really a gaming hobby. And, and you know, in, in some ways it is because, you know, you it's the game is just so good. I can't tell you how many times I've been in a game and it's come down to the last, you know, close combat role. Or, you know, one event turns it completely around in a different direction and it's just that ebb and flow and how you can play the same scenario you know a dozen times and never get exactly the same results you yeah. know and it's it's just yeah and, man and, i love this game and, yeah and, and, you <laughs> that's know, all i have to say I man I, I love this game unfortunately at this point we lost our connection with keith dalton don't know exactly where the problem was. We've got a lot of new technology here in the studio, and we have not yet mastered it all. There are still some bugs to be worked out, so uh, sorry about that, folks. We do plan on having Keith back on in the very near future. We'd like to finish this interview. It was very nice of him to take some time out, and we look forward to hearing from him again in the near future. But for now, let's get back to our regular show, starting with 
Dave doing some listener mail. Take it away, Dave. I have a couple of listener mails. I didn't know if you had any today, Jeff, but I'll start with uh, from Matthias, the one that did our graphic. Oh, yes. For our podcast. Actually, I haven't seen this email for some reason. Um, it's because <laughs> I think I've been cutting you off on the mail and answering lots of it before you. Um, hi, guys. I just listened to the Half Squad's podcast number 11. Great show and interesting to know more about the ASL Open Tournament. However, I think you got one thing wrong. The Matthias that Dave Goldman met at Aslock is not the same Matthias as did the logo for you. Oh, it's I not. know this because I'm the one Dave Gold, David Goldman met on Aslock, and I didn't do your logo. So there is more one Matthias there in is. Uh, Sweden. In fact, he says the answer to your question, if... Um, if there's only one Matthias in Sweden, he can say no. There are more than two thousand, no, twenty nine thousand five hundred and fifty four. To be specific, he's not sure how many of those play ASL. Uh, he knows of three that play ASL. Oh wow, I don't know any that play ASL from Sweden here in Chicago. Oh, Matthias's? Yeah. No, but how about Jones's? Pardon me, jo- Jones. <laughs> oh, I thought you were getting personal, <laughs> Smith. Uh, no. Yeah, none of those either. No. What's with that? No, I don't know. We need to recruit more Smith players yes. for our <laughs> name, everybody. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, thanks for this. Thanks you, this Matthias and the other Matthias, both of you. I have another listener letter. All right. Right yeah. here. Because it's all rattle our paper. Although it is. Uh, you don't believe in the paperless office, do you, Dave? I, I do believe in the paperless <laughs> office, but there's, you know why I print this out and stick it in my purple folder? Why? So I can remember to read these. That's all. No, that's it's a reminder idea. note. Yeah. And if I just leave it on the Gmail account, and then I have to go flipping through there and waste time going, which one of these was yeah, it that I wanted cumbersome. to read? Yeah. You know, because my memory is so bad, I cannot remember which one I even wanted to read. Yeah. So I print it out, and I have a paper reminder. It's like a sticky note. Uh, hey, guys. This is from Scrub. I love the show, and it's great. You've been one of my influences on me to blog my experiences learning ASL. I've included you guys in my first post on web resources for ASL newbies. HTTP colon slash slash. You, how'd you know that? Um, I know. Triple PBF dot blogspot dot com. And actually, he typed that into our webpage. So it's on um, the comments to one of our shows. You can find that there. Keep up the awesome work. And I'm looking at his site now. It's a great blog. And here's one on the two half squads. Um, the 11th episode is out, and it's the best so far. New audio equipment made it the most technically sound. Well, thank you very much. He enjoyed our little joke intro. That's Oh, good, yeah. Probably the only one we're going to be able to come up with. We've <laughs> <laughs> been trying to come up with more funny intros, and they're not working for us. Our creativity just fell right off the map suddenly. Or we have different views of what's funny. And so we question each other. And looking at his blog here, he's got great resources linked up. Aslock, Desperation Morale, um, miscellaneous blogs, club websites, Bonsai Pipeline Blogspot, Aslock Blogspot, Vassal, everything it seems to be linked off of here. Uh, it's so, great. It's nice to see. Uh, it's always good to see people that are uh, really enthusiastic about the game. Yeah. Wasting their time like we are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you put it out there in the big old internet, and sometimes you get like 10 or 12 people looking at it. 
<laughs> but it's pretty anyway, exciting. It looks good, so yeah, it's good. hit this blog spot here. Thank you, and Scrub. I'll, yeah, I'll put that on our uh, show notes. I'll put that link in the show well, notes. Is, did I put all the links in the last show notes? Yeah, I think you did. I think okay, you did well. oh, thank goodness. Congratulations to yeah, you. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. It's amazing how much time some of this stuff takes. You wouldn't think it would take all this time, but there's actually quite a bit that goes into the preparation of each of these shows. Not, it doesn't really show that we prepare for it. No, <laughs> no it certainly doesn't. But we do. Um, you know, I'm very excited this show because this show is our, our the first show where we have a, we actually have a sponsor. That is true, and our sponsor I mean, is? Uh, our sponsor is the C4 Corner Cutter from Counterculture. So we, we should have opened the show with, Welcome to the Two Half Squads, brought to you by... The C4, the C4 Counter Cutter. Cutter. And actually, uh, yeah, they are, they are our first uh, sponsor. We're open to uh, many others. If you want to be uh, buy ad space on our show, boy, it's pretty expensive. What do we charge for ad space on this show? Like, I just like free stuff. <laughs> so <laughs> Send us free stuff you and know, we'll talk about it. If you can afford a little... You know, ex got an extra packet of your scenario packs laying around or something, or an annual. Send them <laughs> on over to Dave. Send them to Dave. Email me, I'll take it. He's not too proud. Uh, but I think that now's as good a time as any to talk about the C4 countercutter. And I love this product. I've I've used this product. It really works if you like to cut your counters, and um, and I do. As we said on our last yeah. show. And I went through uh, For King and Country and uh, got through those much faster, much faster. According to the C4 countercutter literature, you can trim 20 to 30 counters per minute, which I would say is about right. But and Jeff, can you get it in different colors? Oh, yes. The C4 countercutter, I'm glad you asked that. It's available in green, red, or blue. And... If for some reason you wanted to cut counters other than squad leader, though I can't imagine why you would even have other counters, it works for other counters. It doesn't doesn't have to be squad leader. Uh, cuts uh, square or rectangular counters, of course. No more monotonous nail clippers. And uh, this thing is it's just very fast. You put a stack of them in there. You press down with your X-Acto knife, and uh, you've cut, before you know it, you've cut 10 or 20 counters. It's amazing. So, folks, we recommend, we highly recommend that you go out and buy the C4 countercutter. You can get it at the handy website of www.daveking-c4.com. And we will put that link in the show notes. Uh, It's $20, $19.95. It's money well spent. We highly recommend the, the C4 countercutter. All right. Should we write a jingle to go with that? We should, but not on the spur of the moment. <laughs> I'll bring my accordion next show. Yes, that yeah. would be a good idea. Well, we have a, um, speaking of some free products, um, we got mailed to us. Oh, I think this was Matthias, I think. Yes, Matthias, Ooh. yes. Um, friendly Fire. A lot of you have heard about Friendly Fire. Some of you have been on our cases for not advertising non-official MMP products. I had a... Set from Matthias, sent to me. Um, scenario design for Friendly Fire Pack 4. A veritable smorgasbord. Board. Board. Borg. I thought it was smorgasbord. No, there's no G at the end. Borg is the are the aliens that uh, are trying to conquer the Federation in the Star Trek universe. So but if you smorgasbord. killed a bunch of those, those aliens and laid them out on a table to eat them for lunch, you'd have a smorgasbord? 
You you would. You would. But I wouldn't eat there. It's smorgasbord. Yeah. I'll be amazed. It, he's yeah. right. Uh, of scenarios, a Resistance board. is futile. <laughs> Look, so what is two Matthias's Matthias Rundblom design playtest Matthias Bergwald. See, there's a bunch of Matthias. I should know how those are pronounced. My mom is Swedish. Swedish and Norwegian. Hey, Bob Holmstrom's on here. Oh, we know him. Bob. We hey, know Bob. you. Randy Rossi. I played him in a scenario once at a tournament. So are you familiar? Do you have any other friendly fire uh, publication? Squad no. Leader Do you? Products? No. No, not at all. Um, again, I'm yeah. still working my way through the official MMP stuff, though I'm I'm aching to try something from uh, from this company or, or one of the others. Well, you're going to get your chance because yeah. I'll rotate these through to you. Um, Great. Yeah, as I said, too, it's it's so much out there to play that I'm not going to be buying a lot of um, non-official products, So, but we'd love to share them with our listeners. Probably produced in a whole bunch of countries. I like this. List a lot of little flags down here in the mm-hmm. bottom. And the scenarios, looking at them... Is there, just... a, is there a theme to this pack like there is sometimes to, uh, like Action Pack 4, you know, from MMP was... Uh was Normandy. Is there a theme to this pack? Do we know? No, not officially. Oh, no, because if there was, it wouldn't be a smorgasbord. Oh, the smorgasbord. Yeah, okay. Board. I got it. I got it. There's the Yagd Tiger Theory, a scenario. And what, I, what I've noticed is a lot of these are good, small scenarios to play. Mm-hmm. Get them in on your weeknights. Um, German Russians. There's number 33, uh, six and a half turns. SS and Finns, 838, 648s, about 16 counters for the Finns. Um, some SS for the Germans, that one would be great. Yeah. You got a Greek and with British armor backing it up, Hellenic Expedition, number 32. Again, six and a half turns. Germans have six, seven, eight squads about, an armored couple uh you know, big old mortar and one tank, so the mind cupola. factors. Is that, how do you say that? I say cupola, but you say cupola? Cupola's the guy who shoots the arrows at you when you're falling in love. No, no, that's Cupid. <laughs> it's Cupid. No, that's what you call someone who doesn't know anything. <laughs> you Cupid idiot, right? Yeah, no. Yes, no. Oh, you say, well, anyway, you say cupola, I say cupola. <laughs> let's call the whole thing off. Yeah, let's do <laughs> Let's do, let's go to war over that. Uh, what boards are used on that? Oh, I that see scenario. XY. Hey, there's one. Okay, uh, so some starter kit boards. 31 starter kit players. I like that. I like that those boards are used. However, I don't know that this is, it's not starter kit rules, though. I would bet. I'm, I'm sorry, I'm just guessing. Well, are there snipers? Well, oh, sniper yeah, numbers? Yeah, well, right. Look okay, for the, so there's sniper numbers. For, no. Wait. No. Maybe this is oh there is yeah okay there is right. put them you know these non-official products had to change the format from stealing the official yeah design so it's hard to find things for me but I have not had a chance to play them again I'm sure I will get into some of these um oh there's a half board map twenty two on number thirty scenario thirty five and a half turns six squads Russians six squads or nine squads German couple of vehicles different vehicles too than normally you'd find. You get an Italian one in here versus the Canadians. Um, so it looks like a really good mix. 
The Italians three. versus the Canadians. Yeah. That would be an How interesting How often do you one. get one of those? Yeah, not too often. Here's the Poles. Two with the Poles, number 27 and 26. One against the Russians and one against the Germans. This has to be 39. Yep, 1939, September 20th and 14th, as both countries were overrunning Poland and splitting mm-hmm. it up. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then... Uh, Japanese, is this right? Look at this. Really? Yasuoka's tank experience. Soviet, Japanese. Wow. Yeah. What year is that? Manchukuo. Manchukuo. I I say cupola. (laughs) Francis Ford. Isn't he a filmmaker? (laughs) Oh, my my gosh. Francis Ford cupola. I think you've been eating too much popcorn. (laughs) Have a beer. You got to wash that popcorn down. It's stuck in Look your head. Look at that, though. Great. Japanese, Russian. I think I, think I had... Well, uh, this really is a smorgasbord if there's uh, Russian food and uh, Japanese food and all this other... <laughs> it really is a smorgasbord. This stuff is printed on really high-quality cardstock, too. So that's nice. I don't know. Will that fit in my... It's actually a little bit larger than an 8.5 by 11. Oh, it's taller? Yeah, I think this is uh, European printing stock, which Ooh. is uh, I exotic. Can't remember what they call it. Yeah, it's exotic. They call it larger. Yeah, it's larger. Oh, it's going to stick out of the top of my binder. That's, you know what, though? Look, you can trim the top down a little I and could. the bottom. Yeah, I can. Hey, a quarter inch I'm going to be okay. It's going to be okay, isn't yeah, it, Dave? Yeah, it's going to be okay. It's going to fit right in there. <laughs> so thank you, Matthias. I'm really yeah, pleased. Yeah, it's really nice. And I will get to playing, playing them. Again, I apologize, but. You know how busy I am. Yeah. This Let's week alone, re- I got We should play and report back. So now, is this available? Did he send you a letter? Is this available for sale right now? Yes, it is. Okay. Yeah, it's the newest Friendly Fire. Just Google Friendly Fire. I'm going to do that right now while you're talking. You do that. See what yeah. you get. And okay. um, Keep talking. You're not talking. Today. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Forgot we were like not on TV. I'm showing this. Look at the scenarios, everyone. Look at this. Nice printing, the color. There's actually blue. Oh, and, uh, sure red. enough. I typed in friendly fire and, and ASL on Google, and I, Boom. I came there. I like got there right away. Like a snap. Yeah. It just came up it's like amazing. that. It's uh, amazing. Let's see. Friendly fire pack four. Here it is. All these goodies. How much is it? That's a, For me, it was yeah, <laughs> free. Yeah, you. Because I want free things. Yeah. <laughs> how much? You're shameless. I know. But I you know some... what? Come on. I, look how many hours we put into this. Yeah. <laughs> Don't we deserve right. a little something? I actually am not seeing... I'm sure it's on here. It, yeah. I, I'm not seeing was. the order. Uh, oh, here we go. Oh, it's $18. Oh, that's a deal. That's a great deal. $18, and 18 US dollars, or 125 SEK. Is that, what is that? SEK, is that like Swedish money? Uh, could be. 125 SEK. Or 18 USD. I, I'm not as international as I should plus be. Plus shipping. What was that? That's, uh, I don't know. My wife is redecorating upstairs, <laughs> so if you hear any... ceiling. Yeah. And it's 10 scenarios, too. Yeah, it's 10 not scenarios. It's eight. It's yeah. 10. Yeah. And is action pack... I mean, I'm sorry, action pack, forgive me. Uh, are the friendly fire packs, is there one, two, and three available? Uh, yeah, there's a friendly fire pack one, two, and three. Each of those has eight scenarios in them, and they are fourteen dollars each. Okay, U.S. So, so how did this, this came in the mail? Obviously, didn't Matthias. come by like pony. Yeah, <laughs> well, he didn't deliver it himself, did he? Yeah, he flew over <laughs> to my house. <laughs> wow, 
wow, you really rate. Yeah, but I didn't I know who he was, so I was for like... a smorgasbord or something. <laughs> a smorgasbord. Well, I, I, where's the envelope? I was it. I was expecting. I took it out of the envelope. You I didn't throw it the... away, did you? <laughs> you don't throw anything away. Aren't you going to use that to record your notes on this action pack? Actually, I save it to send out my eBay. Was my, there a... my eBay eBay was my e- eBay miniatures? Was actually, there a? So I do um... save all that junk, Jeff. Was there Swedish stamps on it? Yeah, actually, I showed my kids. Look, kids, it was like the topic. Yeah. Look, I got something from from Sweden. Yeah, Ooh, that's look, pretty kids. cool. That's pretty cool. So, yeah, but anyway. great, great job. Yeah, they look solid. Uh, you know, if Bob play tested them, he's this really great player, and but he, you know, I'm sure all the play testers were. But that's all I got there. So, yeah. so thank you very much, and uh, grab yourself some good scenarios, listeners. Yeah. Well, what have you been doing in squad leader, Dave? Lately, playing lately? Well, what you been up to? I um, this week is a pretty busy week. I got tonight is the podcast. Uh, Thursday night is the PASL club. Which meet. is our local club, your yep. local club. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm going to meet Rich S. Back to no last names. Um, for a game, we're still picking what we'll be doing then. Mm-hmm. Going to be recording a ASL Extra. Oh, yeah, that's with right. With Mike Stubitz. Mm-hmm. And that should air pretty soon. Did you say Mike Stubitz? Did you say his last name was Stubitz? Stubitz. But we're not supposed to say last names? Oh, but we oh. can because he's going to do an ASL Extra. Oh, okay. <laughs> So that's different. You're going to have to write down these rules for last names. <laughs> I don't quite get it. And um, way behind on playtesting Hakapale. They finally sent out three more scenarios to playtest. Wow. And I was like waiting. I kept emailing, do you have those scenarios? I have this time. I have time available. And when I got them, I suddenly had no time with potting and play te- or um, you know doing the recordings and yeah. all that. How many total scenarios will they have in that? Don't know. But they, they I think they playtest more than they're going to use. Okay seems like they're gonna yeah. not include them all in there they I think, I think he said they shelved a couple right now that may not make it into the pack yeah they didn't like the balance or whatever actually joe and i have been doing some play testing which has been fun but um the thing i wanted to mention is we were playing the other night and there were a couple of times during the scenario where i really felt like there was no way i could win and I was ready to that's, concede. That's most of the, your games, Yeah, that's Jeff. most of my games. It really is. <laughs> but we were having a good time. And, uh, and I stuck with it. And we actually, we actually got down to the last turn. It was the last roll. It was my last possible chance. I needed two victory points. I, took, I was in a building with Joe's units. I took a crazy shot. I needed a four. I rolled a four. It was the last roll of the game. I needed a four. To break. I rolled a four. I broke his men. Oh, you needed a four to get a check? Yep. And you failed the checks? Yep. And you won? And I won. All right. High five, dude. So, when it just goes to show you, when you feel like you're, like you want to give up, don't. Because the game can turn. It really can turn. Yeah. Um, and it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. Very exciting. We were screaming and dancing. Can I do some of my generic game hints right now? Oh, sure. Start kit players? Sure, whip them out. I'll kind of work with what you say. Lay them on me. As Jeff has just said, do not give up. Yeah. That's a good hint. Another hint for, I guess these are kind of for rookie players, maybe starter kit players, well, even full ASL beginners. Be aggressive, but not too aggressive, and that gets to be the tricky part. All right? Okay. Um... 
one game I had a guy with to take a 10 neg two leader in a squad and ran right down the street, surviving all his fire against him to win the game. I never thought he could do it, but he was just aggressive on that turn to get it done. And he got um, lucky. Correct. Yeah. Uh, our other friend Don came to uh, PASL, and um, he lost a game. And when he left, the guy that beat him said, well, I think he was a little too tentative. He was a little too mm. slow. He you know, didn't seem to quite be aggressive enough. Yeah. Was the comment made uh, when Steve S. beat me in that one surprising win. Again, he was very aggressive. And he caught me off guard. He didn't expect it from a new, newer player. Uh, remember first fire movement open ground, though, Jeff. What does that do? Yeah, it takes one off your die roll, Dave. Oh, correct. And um, that's movement open ground. you got to watch out for that, as well as the non-assault movement neg one modifier. Of course. All right. You can't be too aggressive with your tanks. Isn't that right, Jeff? Yeah, it's not a good idea. Um I played a number of scenarios where I got aggressive with the tanks, but it's very easily, and I, I suppose it's going to depend on the scenario, but if you're playing the Germans and they've got their Panzerfaust and Panzer Shrek and Panzer Blower upper machines. <laughs> and the Nafertini Gungusfafa. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, yeah. Yeah, you get out there with the tanks and side shots, even close combat infantry yes. on vehicles will take them right out. Yeah. So be careful of that. Uh, another hint, so that was as be aggressive. Yes. Okay, as you had said, don't give up. Know the victory conditions. Of course. Look at them again during the game. Yes. Make you know, remind yourself. Can't remember if I said this. Uh, Joe and I were playing a game, and he thought the victory conditions were to get any units to the top of this certain hill. And in fact, it needed to be infantry units to get to the top of the hill. Uh, and it got down to the last turn, and I was feeling kind of, kind of cocky, oh, right. like he wasn't going to make it. But fortunately, he had a hero that he could CX and get to the top of the hill in time. Okay, I guess that does count as an yeah. infantry unit, yes. right? Yes, it does. Um, so know your victory conditions. Another good idea, hit the broken guys. Hit them when they're down. Oh, don't! I know it sounds ruthless. Yeah, it does. <laughs> don't let them up. Hit them when they're down. Punch them in the nose. This Bloody is why my their wife faces. cannot play squad leader. She would want to have like the nursing units out there. <laughs> she, if there was, if they included nursing units, she would play. There is a medic in a miniatures game that I've played before. A really? medic counter, yeah. Well, not a counter, a miniature figure. And I painted him up with the little red cross yeah. on his thing. And Can you shoot him? Yeah, well, the Germans just did anyway. It was yeah. the Japanese. I forget. I don't Both remember. Of them. Well, let's just I'm demonize sure our enemies. Yeah. Let's demonize all our enemies. Yeah. Um, what do you get when you hit, shoot at a guy? Even if it's with a little half squad, you get a little two shot on a broken stack in the woods. What do you gain from that, Jeff? Well, they have to go DM. Exactly. Plus four on all the rally checks. Yeah. Keep them DM. But not when you might have them rally up by a, a snake eyes roll and a victory hex you need to take. All right? If you shoot at the broken guys, right. like I mentioned this before, I lost a game firing on a squad and it rallied on snakes. Right. In the hex I needed, so I had to go into the close combat and I lost. Oh, right. If I just moved next to him, he would have routed out. But if that's not the condition, then shoot at him. Even with a little... 
do anything to get a light machine gun shot at them, a half squad shot at them, get something. I think the rule may state that you have to have a PA, enough firepower to do a PA uh, pin check on them, and that qualifies to put DM on them. Right. Okay, when you hit them when they're broken, they go to half squads. That's how you whittle them down. All right. And another piece of advice, catch them due to route. Surround them. Hmm. Bring mm-hmm. that tank around the rear. They can't route toward an enemy unit, eliminated for failure to route. So do what you can to catch them in the route phase. They're already broken. Don't let them escape. That's real important. Yeah. And when I again, when I've lost games with people doing that to me, it, it left a real big impression. I never thought of that for probably years of playing squad leader. They're broken. Just ignore them. Go attack the good order guys. And so catch them when they route. Yeah. Surround them. Eliminate them. Right. All they, right. Could, they can still low crawl. Well, if not, if they're surrounded, if they're if they're not adjacent, they can still low crawl, right? Yeah, but not toward an enemy. So if you've moved, you know, squads behind right. them. Right. Okay. Yes. Okay. Maybe even two behind them in different, slightly different directions. Yeah. They can't route toward okay. those guys, so they're eliminated. And then you're right. If you are. If the guy is like in a lone building, you're adjacent. His mm-hmm. only route is into open ground, even if there's no one behind him. No enemy. Yeah. He if he has to route into open ground and, and takes can take a possible shot in those open ground hexes, he then surrenders to an adjacent enemy, which is a great rule to remember too. No, yeah, okay. I'll remember all of those. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just wanted to bring up a couple episodes ago. I was I was talking about how I wasn't too crazy about the sniper. Yes, and well, of course, Multiman has covered that already in the rules. If you look in the uh, uh, footnotes, in the footnotes yes. uh, in chapter A, the footnotes are great. Oh, they're you great. Gotta read the footnotes. Yeah, there's just so much to read. But a footnote number twenty talks about snipers and it really explains why they designed the snipers the way they did Can what you, snipers are all about is that worth reading for us it's there? very what would you like me to read yeah it? i would actually. should i use my reading voice yes please do all right it's a very long paragraph look how long oh. that paragraph is and it's one long sentence i don't think there's any punctuation in there at all <laughs> go ahead try it oh the whole thing no i won't read the whole thing okay just the first and the last sentence well no. the important parts But it says, uh, snipers are a breed apart from the average soldier. Stealth and patience are every bit as important as marksmanship. They work alone, often in no man's land or even behind enemy lines, and are subject to only one order, survival. A sniper strikes only when he feels assured he can do so without being detected and may pass up endless attack opportunities waiting for a better target. As such... Snipers must be free of emotion and oblivious to all events not directly related to their own survival and the pursuit of a clean kill. Consequently, sniper activity is no more likely at the front of an advance than the rear. A sniper does not attack the first target he sees. Indeed, he may wait for hours with enemy activity all around him before selecting a safe target, and therefore sniper activity occurred behind the lines quite frequently. Some players will doubtless object to this depiction of snipers because they cannot control their attacks, but in real life, no battlefield commander could control a sniper's attacks. I'm going to leave it right there. Okay. You can. That's about halfway through. 
that really uh, clinched it for me, of course. Yes. Of course. That I, I wasn't taking that into account. They've covered it there. There's a bit more for there for you for you all to read. Yeah, and I think actually our listeners don't mind us reading to them. Because yeah. when you're driving that car, great chance to cover some of this yeah. information without yeah. having to um, get into a car accident. Yeah, yeah. Tell you what I've been working on. What have you been working on, Jeff? Well, I'm glad you asked. I've been working on um, taking certain sections of the rules and condensing them down into bullet points. Oh, that's right. You I do much better with this. bullet points, and I think that's an appropriate term, considering the game. Uh, I do better with bullet points than these really long sentences with all the parenthetical phrases and the, the asides. And I the, call it legal. You know, legal yeah, speak as you call or it legalese or legal yeah. speak. And um, so what I've been doing is taking sections of the rules and converting them to four by six note cards. And uh, at, when I'm done with this, I'm going to publish these. Where? On our website. Okay. Free. Oh, no, no. Free. <laughs> Don't do it. No. Of course, free. <laughs> yes. So on the four by six card, like for instance, uh, I've got one four by six card here that I made up for stacking limits. And... Um, so I've got the title there, Stacking Limits. I've got the rule that it refers to, which is A5. And then I've got in bullet points the things you need to remember about Stacking Limits. Now, it doesn't cover every single thing, but it covers the majority of them. And I can keep these 3x5 cards, uh, sorry, these 4x6 cards handy with me for the game I'm playing. So if there's a game I'm playing and I, and, uh, I have a particular rule that I think I'll need for that game. I can keep that with me. I can also keep the attacker and the defender rules separately so I know which ones to refer to. They're very helpful for me as a as a beginning. I'm still a beginner, Dave. <laughs> yeah, you really actually are, especially after talking, um, as our listeners will hear in our interview um, with Keith yeah. and these other people that have been playing since you know, the first games came out. There are only two kinds of gamers. I've determined this. There are only two kinds of gamers. There are those gamers that started playing in the 70s, and there are those gamers who have not yet been born. <laughs> Every time I read about somebody, they always say, oh, I started when I was in the mid-70s. Okay, I, started, I started in 2004. Yeah, but that's only because they are the ones supposedly worthy of being published or being discussed in a public forum, right? Everybody. He's, he's a grognerd. I don't even know what that means. It's yeah. like smorgasbord. Yeah. Um, <laughs> grognerd. Let's have a smorgasbord of grognerds. <laughs> um, but they refer to him as these ancient gamers. And I, yeah, I'm 47. I'm not really a grognerd. I just did squad leader since 85. I guess that goes back. But I never played those early Avon Hill games. But what I love about Oh, our, so you started in 85? I did, yeah. Remember I love that about our you. first show. Oh, you're the only I talked guy I know. About, yeah, I talked about getting the rules first up. Wally made me buy them. It was yeah. too expensive and all that. Yeah, it's our first episode. Okay. So, you know, but but I only played that game and yeah. the role-playing and then the miniatures. So I don't know about these other games everyone refers to. You know, I may not have yeah. heard of them. You know, I used to read the general, even articles about games I didn't play, but I never played them. So you've never played Panzer Blitz? No. Or Panzer Leader? No. Luftwaffe? No. Well, okay, now you're going to make me take this back. (laughs) I played Air Force like 12 Uh, times. Okay. Because a guy taught me. Yeah. And I did B-17. Oh, yeah. It's a solo game. It's excellent. A solo game 
Um, you're in a B-17 bomber, and I gave my friends names where all the different positions in the airplane, the gunner and the all that stuff. You know, and so I yeah, I did that for a short period. Yeah. Um, but yeah, all the rest of these things, I, I really just read about them in magazines. Oh, okay. And did squad leader and then the miniatures and stuff. Yeah. So I don't consider myself, I guess, a grog nerd. But I, yeah, I go back to 85. I bought every product when it came out, which I beat Keith, the guy from MMP. Yeah. Um, I just emailed the guy who didn't have an, uh, a journal. So I was trying to pick games to play, scenarios. I emailed him some scenarios. doesn't have the journal. And I'm shocked. I'm like, what you're a squad leader player? You don't have you don't have journal number five, you know. So I don't know. So yeah, I've just been an avid, avid squad leader dude. Yeah. So what I had similar to what your technique was uh, somewhere online. I couldn't even tell you where I got this, Jeff, but it was a series of pages with little boxes on them, and each box covered a rule, and it was broken down into just like bullet points. Yeah. And so I should have shared this with you. At, at some point, I'll get you a copy of, of that one, see if you like it. And I took that bullet point sheets, maybe six sheets, one infantry, one tanks, you know, and the box would be advancing fire, snapshot, right? right? Just yeah. boom, 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 boom. And when my wife had a reunion in Ohio, uh, I, I, I stayed in the hotel room and sat down with the rule book and then read read all the i guess it wasn't just one night but i read the rule snapshot and anything that i didn't know that wasn't in his box that he had made with bullet points i added as more bullet points Mm. by hand Mm -hmm. and just scribbled them in there so supposedly this little handy dandy i call my cheat sheets can prevent me from having to dig into the rules deeper too yeah now there's great things happening with um, charts the new charts out the overrun yeah the OBA, yeah. right? All those things. So use those charts, as we've said before. And Rich Spilkey is going to be coming on our show in a little while, I think, and showing us some charts that he showed me playing out at Joe's house on a Saturday all-day ASL game day. Great stuff. I'm going to try and bring that to you listeners. Yeah, and, and uh, I didn't hear anything about the game day at Joe's. What did you play there? Oh, yeah, right. I did um, the new America, a swing on sing, a sw- sing lane campaign game okay all right so my friend jim and i set up now where's that from singling it's from the critical no it's from the magazine operations special oh, okay. issue yes 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 we talked about it before right you brought that yeah and um set up we thought we'd get through round one in the morning but we didn't want to show up until like 10 because we wanted to sleep in other guys got there at seven um we did thought we'd do three three parts of the campaign game morning afternoon and evening yeah and of course all we did was you know an hour to set up hour and a half talk to people suddenly we did one the first one which is the scenario given in the operations magazine that's like the first day i guess of the Mm -hmm. campaign game so we got that all done wrote down all our counters did our refit phase it was the first time i ever did that kind of thing Mm refit a mini mini refit phase and then wrote down everything and because then it was like going into the evening and jim had things to do that night so we didn't stay into the evening or we could have played the second day of it yeah and i i think i would have finished off by the second day but sherman tanks and the tigers or panthers german panthers Mm -hmm. 75 l guns i don't know brutal 
armor of 18 against the Shermans oh. with oh. what, 8s and 14s. Oh, and yeah. My kill numbers were like 27, you know. <laughs> um, and Jim did not attack me and try and outnumber me. You have to outnumber those German tanks when you have a bunch of Shermans. Yeah. And he kind of pulled up behind buildings and hoped to give support to the infantry assaults. And I just swung around the sides all the way to the rear and started picking them off, you know, at will. It was Yeah. So remember that, listeners. Your Shermans can't just sit around and be picked off by a panther. You got to do something to solve that problem. Yeah. So, But it was a good day. Yeah, I had a good time. Yeah, a lot of people. Yeah. This country is at war with Germany. Join the forces to our own. All these shall be restored. But General Wagon calls the Battle of France. You know. Continuity of our and our the whole fury and might of the enemy must very soon be turned on us. Yesterday, December 7th, History segment. Yay! You're eating popcorn, aren't you, Jeff? No. <clears throat> Excuse me. <laughs> well, what I did was I was going through YouTube for some strange reason and somehow came upon a link for a woman sniper. And I looked her up and I started to write about her, and then I found out that she was not the Soviet Union's best sniper. Instead, that would have been Lyudmila. Pavlenchenko, Pavlenchenko, and she was the best sniper of the Soviet Union. So for history report, I'm talking about... A dame? Yes. Well, wait a minute. She was the best female sniper. Oh, okay. From what I... Yeah, because I think the best was the guy in Enemy at the Gates. Right. Ed Harris. Oh, no. He was (laughs) was the actor. He was the German. He was oh, the he was the German. Yeah. Well, okay. I, yeah. I had read all that, and since since then I forgot. But yeah. I know, yeah, I think the guys were the best. No offense to females, but there were over... How many female snipers do you think there were for the Soviet? In the Soviet Army? Yeah. Oh, man. I, I'm just going to take a wild guess. Um, 113. I was hoping you'd say that, because there were 2,000. Wow. Yeah. 500 of which sur- survived the war. 
Amazing. S- most of them died. Wow. She was born as Bila Surkova in 1916. She left college and signed up in the 25th Infantry Division. She used a, a, a Mosin Nagant, I think I say that right, I don't know, bolt-action rifle with a scope. Mm-hmm. So that was her weapon of choice. Um, originally, she headed out and fought near Odessa and got 187 kills in that campaign, which I don't know a lot about that campaign. Od- I mean, you know, Stalingrad, Leningrad, yeah. Moscow, Odessa. Apparently the Germans eventually took that over. The I'll German- look that up for next time. Okay. Yeah. The Germans, uh, I'm, I'm sure, I wonder if there are scenarios on that. There have to be. Yeah, we Fighting should. near Odessa. Yeah, if anybody knows of any Odessa scenarios... We'd like to know. Yeah. Let us know. Because I'm not going to flip through the 3,000 scenarios that I have at home. Yeah. But the Germans finally took Odessa, and the Soviets pulled out of there. Total kills for her were uh, 309, including, and here's the enemy at the gates kind of thing, right? 36 enemy snipers were killed. Wow. She was eventually wounded by mortar fire in 1942 and pulled out for publicity. What was the movie about the American guys at Ewo? They put the flag up and they were pulled out of combat. Letters from Iwo Jima? Um, oh, no, not letters. Uh, flags, flags of our, of our fathers. fathers. Yeah, right. Yeah. Similarly, she was pulled out for publicity after mm-hmm. she was wounded. Went on a tour of the United States... Met. I mean, this just amazes me that just you know I, I taught World War II. I've studied it. You know, of course, I concentrate on battle books yeah. and war books, but um, all this kind of information. She met FDR at the White House. Okay, can you imagine? Um, attended CIO meetings, which was the union organization at the time. Oh yeah, the CIO, mm-hmm. AFL CIO. Today right. it is. She was given a Winchester rifle, and it's displayed right now at the Central Museum of Armed Forces in Moscow, the Winchester that she was given from the United States when she came to visit. Have you ever been to the... Um, Moscow? No. <laughs> with the spires? Oh, yeah. My, no, Winchester House, California, I think? No. Yeah, the widow... widow. This is great. The widow of, Winch, of the guy that made the Winchester rifle. Yeah. I don't know. I went there... Is like a junior in high school, so that's all I remember. She built a house, and you could tour the house. And she had a fear of all the people, the ghosts of the people killed by the Winchester rifle, coming to haunt her. Wow! So in the house are things like staircases that go up, and you open the door, and it's like a brick wall to the earth. It doesn't go anywhere, you know. How does this help her ghost thing? It, it can, yeah. Confuses the ghost? Yes, exactly. Honestly, Jeff, you got to go. Yeah, ghosts are easily confused. I did know that. <laughs> I don't know much, but I know that. So, yeah, she built That's all amazing, this yeah. wacky stuff in the Winchester house. Yeah. It's just, it just I remember being, I mean, I, mean, I remember it from back then, but. She then went on to teach other snipers. She got, received the. God. She received the Hero of the Soviet Union Gold Star, and she was put on a postage stamp in 1943. Oh, that is very cool. <laughs> yeah, wouldn't you wish you were a postage yeah. stamp? Yeah. Oh, I'd love to see that postage. I so, wonder if we have any uh, squad leader players in Russia. Oh. 
You know, I don't think I've been, uh, uh, I've looked many times. I mean, we do have some IP addresses that are from unknown areas, but. Yeah, what's that about? I don't know. I don't know what that means. But yeah. if you're from Russia, call us. Yeah, I love to hear that. China. Postage stamp. Now, and so um, I came across this very interesting thing about Pavlichenko uh, in my search, which was that there was a song written by Woody Guthrie, the folk singer, about Pavlichenko. And I pulled up this letter that was written by Roger Kovac, Bolinas, California. And he says, quote, I had a very tenuous connection to Pavlichenko around 45, 1945. My aunt was visiting, and at one point I lifted her handbag and nearly toppled me with its unexpected weight. I said, what the heck do you have in here, a 45? Well, that's exactly what she had, a Colt Automatic 45. Her husband was an organizer for the United Electrical Radio and Machine Workers at the Colt Armament Plant in Hartford, Connecticut which made 45s issued for RGIs. He was designated to present the pistol to Pavlenchenko at a war bond rally in Madison Square Garden that night. Now, I have no idea what Pavlenchenko did with the gun, probably used it as a paperweight. Our guys used to say it was such a notoriously inaccurate weapon that the most effective way to employ it was to throw it at the enemy's head. <laughs> Signed, Roger P. Kovac, Bolinas, California. I never heard that about the 45, but so I from that link I ended up at the um, Smithsonian Folkways website where they do these recordings of these songs from American history, and there was a song written by Woody Guthrie about Miss Pavlenchenko, and the lyrics I got here that I happened to pull the ones I liked. Miss Pavlenchenko's well-known fame rushes your country, fighting is your game. The whole world will love her for a long time to come for more than 300 Nazis felled by your gun. Fell by your gun, yes, fell by your gun, the chorus. For more than 300 Nazis fell by your gun. And then the um, second verse or third verse, I forget which ones I pulled. In your mountains and canyons, quiet as the deer, down in your big trees, no one, no fear. You lift up your sight and down comes a hun. More than 3,000 Nazi dogs fell by your gun. Is it like wild? That's very wild. That's what I thought. It was kind of like, whoa. You wrote a song. About Miss Pavlenchenko. And have you found that song online? Yeah, I got this song. Um, all right, let me just play a little bit. I actually, you found the song. You found the lyrics and stuff mm-hmm. on Smithsonian. Yes. And there's only one source in the world that has more information than the Smithsonian. And that's Amazon.com. <laughs> So you sat here and you told me about it. I looked up the song and downloaded it from Amazon, which is pretty amazing. Let me just play a little bit of it here. Fell by your gun, fell by your gun, 300 Nazis fell by your gun, fell by your gun. there's more lyrics than that (laughs) well i think it comes up in a little bit okay how quaint 
Marcus Pavlichenko, well known to fame. Russia's your country, fighting's your game. The world will always love you for all time to come. 300 Nazis fell by your gun, fell by your gun. All right. Well, we hope you enjoyed that a little bit of a uh, little. That's a toe tapper, if ever there was one. <laughs> it's a toe t- I mean, I know, folks, not for everybody, but that's amazing. A whole yeah, song it is, about it is her actually amazing. Killing Nazis yeah. fell by your gun. Yeah. So, um, wonder, wonder what else is out there about music from World War II. Interesting thought. Probably not nearly enough songs about uh, people that throw grenades accurately, for instance. <laughs> what do you but mean? we could. Buy that. <laughs> We could write one. Yeah, let's do that. Yeah. Um, well, I'm done for the show. Jeff, you got yeah. anything else? No, I'd say we're done for the evening. I um, We've done enough. We've, we've done, done enough, enough damage for we've one done night. done more than enough. Yeah, we don't want to do it all in one night. All right, then. So we'll keep you... Just wait till next episode, everybody. We got the good stuff coming in then. <laughs> all right. Well, good night, everybody. Good night, everybody. Thanks for listening. Uh, We'll see you next time. And remember to roll Roll low and and may the dice be with you, but but not when you're playing us. Bye-bye.